Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. This week, we are going to be talking about how you can find out what your kinky side is. Ooh. And we'll also be finding out how you can tell what your partner's kinky side is, because it's kind of the same topic. Mm-hmm. This show happened to be the result of a listener writing in and saying, hey, have you ever done a show based on how to find out what your kinky side is? Right. And we hadn't. So? We are. We are. There we go. <laughs> Before we get into that, though, I want to mention that uh, we recently went to an event called Soul Fire. Mm-hmm. That's not an event per se, but a... a um, like a special interest group. It's a of special a group. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a uh, and it was just kind of a kind of a munch, kind of a gathering to talk about a topic. It was half munch, half meeting. Yeah, it was kind of a neat blend, though. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the Soulfire group, as you mentioned, is a subgroup of the the Prestige group, mm-hmm. which is a semi local group to us here in Central Ohio. Right. They operate out of Cincinnati, from what I understand. Okay. Kind of close to Dayton, but yeah, over there somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so they have this special interest group called Soulfire, and and the purpose of Soulfire is kind of a um, kind of a woo woo group. Yes. So specifically a woo-woo group. It is mixing of spirituality and ritual, as in spiritual ritual, into Mm -hmm. your BDSM practice. So we talked uh, about ritual and very interesting stuff. Exactly. So, And it was kind of neat because the book that they had there that they they read one of the readings out of Mm -hmm. was um, Raven Caldera's book. Mm -hmm. So it was the the Dark Pagan And we're very fortunate that we got to um, meet Raven Caldera and actually do ritual with him. We did Mm -hmm. the Descent of Inanna. Yes. Um, Wow. Back in, gosh, 04? Like summer of 04 or something like that. Quite a while ago. And uh, they are actually looking for people. They're going to recreate the Descent of Inanna, and they're looking for people to assist in making that happen. Mm -hmm. So if you are in the central Ohio area, have a spiritual kinky bend yes. and want to get involved in a ritual, uh, I guess your your best bet is to head over to the Soul, Vi- Soul Fire group on FetLife. Just type in Soul Fire in the search area and you'll be able to find it there. Exactly. We also did not recently go to a, an event called Floating World. Mm-hmm. We haven't been to that event yet. We have not been to that event yet, although um, we're going to post a review Mm-hmm. from uh, Lee, who has been to that event. Yes. And uh, we met Lee at a Dark Odyssey some time ago. If you're a <laughs> podcast listener, you may have heard us talk about the balloon girl. Yes. Where we saw a scene where somebody had a bunch of balloons. Like stapled to them and, neat, got, you know, pinned to them. And, got yeah. them beaten off of her. Yes. So she went to Floating World, and she's going to tell us all about it. Yes, because it was the same weekend as GLLA. So we were busy on one end, and she was over in New York, New Jersey, busy mm-hmm. doing something else. Really interesting sounding event from mm-hmm. what she was telling us. And it definitely has a little bit of a, um, a well, it's a little larger than many of the events we've heard of. Yeah, it kind of reminded me, the way she described it, like of um, a Dragon Con. 
or something like that. So where it's a big event that takes over multiple, multiple hotels. Yeah. They're dungeons in a convention center. Right. Which I think is pretty neat. <laughs> so uh, let's hear what Lee tells us, has to say about Floating World. So we are sitting here with Lee tonight, so who has just come back from Floating World and would like to be our reporter as to how Floating World went for her. Hi, Lee. Thanks for being on the show tonight. Hi. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so we didn't get to go to Floating World this year because it was the same time as Great Lakes Leather Alliance, which uh, people that have listened to the podcast would probably know where that we were there instead of Floating World. But I... Uh, was under the impression that Floating World was a good event. What do you think? It was great. I had a really good time. Um, there were a lot of people there and a lot of good classes and play, so it was really good. Really good. Okay. But when does it start? Does it start on a Saturday or a Friday? Or um, I think presenters could check in on a Thursday night, but the main stuff started on a Friday morning and went through till Sunday um, night. Wow. Okay. That's a long and. Weekend. From Friday morning until Sunday evening, there was, um, and like play Sunday evening went to like 2 a.m. Monday morning, I think. And there were classes at night and there was only three hours a day where there wasn't something going on between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. where there was nothing, but there was stuff to do constantly. It was great. Well, that's a little bit different from the normal event we've been to. Why is it called Floating World? Is it on a boat? No, it's not on a boat. It's in like a random New Jersey convention center. But um, I actually wondered that, and I never got a good answer. So um, I don't know why it's called the Floating World. I, I wish I had <laughs> more info for you. There was a, there was more than one like floating table in the dungeon, but um, <laughs> it wasn't like that was the theme. So I don't really know. And someone asked if it was all about suspensions, yeah, but okay. no, there that wasn't it either. Okay. How many um, uh, people do you think attend this thing? I believe that the registration was capped at 1,200. Holy cow. Yeah, so it was pretty large, and they did sell out. Like, registration was closed a week week out from the event. So there were over 1,000 people there, just attendees, and then there were lots of presenters and staff. So um, it was great, and the vending was huge also. You know, I think 1,200 people, enough vending for all of them. It It was pretty big. Now, we've, we've seen you at Dark Odyssey, so we know you've been to these big events before. Yes. Was it as um, well run as a Dark Odyssey? Were things where you expected them and there's plenty of signs and plenty of elbow room? Um, well, elbow room for sure. There, This is like the biggest dungeon play space on the East Coast or something for an event. It was so big, like... The fancy footwear was not part of this event because it was just so big you had to wear comfortable shoes. But um, uh, but it was like a it was I think it was pretty well run. Um, the safety stations were were not as um, refilled as often as they are at Dark Odyssey. But if you needed something, there were always like DMs around who would go get it for you. Okay. So they weren't as like on top of it as as Dark Odyssey, but they, it was all there and it was easy to get refills if you needed it and um yeah it was it was pretty well run there was a a great shuttle going back and forth between the um play space which also had the classroom space and then the hotels where people stayed there was like a van shuttle going back and forth constantly so you didn't need to have a car and I thought that was really well run because you know there's lots of snafus that could happen with that and there was always shuttles running so I thought that was great 
So I didn't realize the event was that big, but um, and then you said the play space and the um, the hotel were were two different. Yeah, um, the play space was in the New Jersey Convention Center, mm-hmm. and that also had the classroom spaces. And then oh. we stayed at hotels about a mile or so away from there. Right, right. So, and we've done events like that before. So it's a little different, but um, yeah, yeah. definitely done events like that before. But there was also um, what, one thing that they also did that I thought was neat was there were meal breaks throughout the day, so that you didn't have to worry about taking time out from classes or playing right. to get meals. And um, the Hilton, there were two hotels. There was the Hilton and the Sheraton. And the Hilton ran all these dinner specials and breakfast specials and lunch specials for anyone, whether or not you were staying at the Hilton. If you had the Floating World wristband, you were able to sign up for meals. Nice. And then there was a pool, there were pool parties Friday night and Saturday night at the Sheraton. Again, you didn't have to be staying there. So it was pretty well coordinated and it was easy to get around to all of the different places that floating world stuff was happening at. So nice. oh, very cool. Yeah, very like, cool. Like I went with friends who had a van and I didn't drive myself. So there were times I just hopped on the shuttle to go where I needed to go. And it was Neat. never a problem. Neat. What kind of, who, um, did you get to see any presentation presentations or any of the workshops or classes? Yeah, there were great classes. Um, most of the classes I went to, I was kind of in top mode. So I went to all the classes given by, um, her name was Suzanne Sexy Sadis. She's a New York person. She now lives in Connecticut, but she talked like a New Yorker, which I thought was great. Um, and she did a whole like three class track on CBT. Wow. So it was neat to go from the first class all the way to the end. And then there was um, Laura Ant- Antonew. She wrote The Marketplace. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, she gave two really good classes. And I think my classes, the classes that she taught were my favorites. Um she gave a whole a great class on designing your protocol for within your power exchange relationship, um, which I'm not involved in currently, but, you know, stockpiling for future. Um, <laughs> and she was just really funny and a great presenter. So she gave that great class on protocols and then another great class on the fine art of being a wise ass. <laughs> and uh, they were both really funny. So it was neat because she's, like, famous, right? I mean... <laughs> I haven't actually, I haven't actually read the marketplace yet, but I got a copy and I got it signed. So, oh, good. you know, it's a and, good book. <laughs> yeah, I, my friends um, who I went with, I think you you guys know Greg and Kim. Kim has read them and she really likes them. Um, but yeah, there were tons of classes on lots of different topics. There were classes on spiritual side of things, on power exchange stuff, on techniques like flogging and needle play and knife advanced knife play, um, bondage. There were all sorts of classes from techniques to relationship styles. There was a class on polyamory, classes on monogamy, all sorts of stuff. Wow. So it sounds like you are um, recommending that this is a good Yeah. I had a great time and I was nervous because I'd never been to Floating World. But I've been to like tons of Dark Odyssey events and I've been to a Black Rose and I've been to Frolicon. And so I walked in the first day and I saw like 50 people I knew right away. So um, it was great. So it really felt like a lot of the uh, even though it was in New York and I'm from D.C., it felt like a home event to me. So and I got to meet more of the New York people, which was always fun because they're fun. (laughs) Okay. well, one last question for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Are we going to? I know you're a big you're a big Dark Odyssey fan. You go to all the Dark Odyssey stuff, and that's the the first place we met you was at Dark Odyssey, uh, the Winter Fire. Right. When I had 
balloons all over me, yes. And that would be my question. Are we going to see a repeat <laughs> of the balloon girl? Um, I don't know. That's, that scene was the brainchild of my friend Anne. Um, I, I'm sure this, I actually did a scene at Floating World that involved balloons. So maybe it seems like balloons keep coming up in my life. So who knows? <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you top that one with. That'll be, that'll be something. And I guess we'll see you at the next Dark Odyssey? Well, um, I don't think you're coming to summer camp, which is just in three weeks, but I'll be at Winter. Well, Winter Fire it is then. Lee, thanks for taking some time and chatting with us today. We very much appreciate it. And uh, we, uh, we look forward to seeing you um, either at a Dark Odyssey or maybe next year at Floating World. Yeah, totally. It'd be great. Now, if you can't make it to Floating World, you may say, hey, what do you got going on locally? Mm-hmm. And there are a few things going on locally. For example, you might want to go check out the Gothic and Bondage show. Ooh, and this is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep, it's a combination of the classic Rocky Horror Picture Show live action version mm-hmm. and our own local BDSM kinky alternative group, Adventures in Sexuality. Yes. Getting together for the Gothic Bondage show. Yes. So it should be pretty awesome. Should be. If you think that kind of thing would be pretty awesome, <laughs> head over to adventuresinsexuality.org for more details. Awesome. We actually have a question of the day. We do. Yay! And the question of the day actually comes from somebody that we've known longer than we've been doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. And Many years. Yeah, by quite a number of years. Uh-huh. And they asked this question. Hey, Dan and Dawn, (laughs) can monogamous couples be sex positive? So, well, simple question. And I would have to say, um, yes. So I don't think being sex positive has anything to do with your relationship arrangement. I I completely agree. We've talked a lot about how you and I, Mm -hmm. we have multiple partner, well, partner, uh-huh. We have an additional partner each. Yes. We also play with other people on occasion. Mm-hmm. We have situations where we might engage in BDSM play with other people. We have much fewer occasions, but still occasions where we mm-hmm. may engage in more sexual, uh, sexual pleasures, like <laughs> sexual connections yes. with other people as well. Mm-hmm. But many couples that we know that are in the lifestyle and a variety of lifestyles are monogamous they're happy only playing with each other right um and there's nothing more or less sex positive than that than anything else some people are more comfortable being monogamous some people are more comfortable not being monogamous yeah sometimes it's just the way you know the way you're wired the way you do things you know i know we talk a lot about poly and again, it's because it's, it's what we live. So we try to give some um, time to the monogamous side too. But usually we have to pull in people <laughs> to do that. You know, it, it's been a long time since we were monogamous. So we did that at the beginning and moved on from there. But, you know, sex positive, we were sex positive whether we were monogamous or poly. So to me, it's more of a... The way you go about doing things, you know, it's, it's not being ashamed of your sexuality. Mm-hmm. It's not um, feeling guilt because you're a sexual person. You know, it's embracing who you are sexually. I mean, that's sex, sex positive. 
So it's not a bad thing. It's not a sin. It's not a whatever. Sexuality is a good thing. Uh, uh, well, I love that explanation that you just gave. And, and just because you've decided that sexuality is a good thing and you embrace it and you embrace um, either sensual, tantric, deep lovemaking in your bedroom or maybe you instead you embrace slutty, whorish, naughty, <laughs> spanky stuff in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. None of this requires that you embrace additional people in your bedroom. Exactly. It's, but it is an option that mm-hmm. you may or may not choose that's right for you. Exactly. Simple as that. Simple as that. Well, there you go. Well, there's the question of the day. <laughs> How could people let us know that they have a question of the day or contact us for any other reason. Ooh, there's a variety of ways. So we can be contacted by email at dananddawn at eroticawakening.com. The got comment form on eroticawakening.com website is also a value for that. Mm-hmm. Facebook, Erotic Awakening, one word. Good old voicemail, 206-309-0054. On FetLife, Erotic Awakening, two words. Where you can have all kinds of interesting conversations with other Erotic Awakening listeners. Mm-hmm. And finally, Twitter, much more active now that we have Slave Jim helping us with that one. Yes. You can follow us on Twitter at Dan and Dawn, all one word. Awesome. And that's going to take us right up to the topic of the week, how to find your kinky side. <laughs> it's really funny. I was talking to Karen earlier today, right before... Mm-hmm. I, you know, on my way home thinking, oh, I got to do this podcast. Right. And I said, hey, how did you find your kinky side? Mm-hmm. And she had an interesting answer. I thought okay. she was going to say, you found it for me, but she okay. didn't. Okay. She said it found me. All right. Interesting answer, I thought. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that responded to the, uh, the question that I posted on one of the boards had a lot, of bunch, a lot of different answers. A lot of them were similar to this sort of, it just kind of found me. Right. I was watching TV. I saw um, somebody tie somebody up. Mm-hmm. And that really struck me as something that really interested me. Yes. One person said that they were watching a porn, this big long porn that had one little part about being tied up. And they, re- <clears throat> they rewound that part over and over again. Uh-huh. Um, so that's certainly one way you could find your kinky side. Did you know that if you rewind a part of a VHS tape over and over again, it, it, it gets kind of worn out? <laughs> What's, what part did you rewind over and over again? Well, um, Dangerous Minds. So um, That's not a porn. That's not, no, but I think it was called Dangerous Minds. No, no, that's it. And um, where he had her tied up in a door frame and was taking advantage of her. And uh, Lou Diamond Phillips yeah. is who it was. And, oh, yeah, I rewound some of those parts, so they were awesome. But, okay. you know, there's, um, what is it, Bram, Bram Stoker's Dracula? Mm-hmm. Is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. And there was the part where the demon was taking the girl, and, yeah, that got worn out. <laughs> and, um, you know, just little blips like that in regular R-rated movies. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and really interesting, the way we found, <clears throat> excuse me, it's that Bram Stroker. <laughs> the way we found our kinky side, I think the way we sharedly found our kinky side, mm-hmm. that we did a lot of exploring via um, slowly sharing stories back and forth. Yes. And this is a, a method that I'm going to recommend to our listeners. If you're mm-hmm. trying to find your kinky side, you have a partner that's trying to find their kinky side. Right. Is do a little, what we did was a little, what we called fictional writing. Yes. And I would start by writing something and you would write something back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we would share the story back and forth. And one of the rules was is that you could only write stuff that you would be willing to try. 
Yeah. So yeah. and so even though you started out with uh, the the environment was a restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, and you would make me do this and have me do that. And, you know, you would share just a little bit of what you had in mind with domination. And then I would share a little bit back as to what I had in mind. Mm-hmm. And then you would share and open up a little bit more. And then I'm like, okay, well, he's taking a chance. So I'm going to share a little bit more about me. And so it just kind of like grows in that way. And you just open up a little bit more. You see each other taking chances sure. in what you're sharing. And um, that was one hell of a story. <laughs> <laughs> I know the, um, thinking back to that story, it was really interesting to grow together through writing that story. Yes. It didn't immediately lead us to doing all these things, and there's things on there that we still haven't done. Right. Um, but it certainly opened the mind, and it opened, got the juices going. Yes, exactly. So, And I think it was more um, not about the actions that we're taking within the story, but again, we were looking at dominance and submission. So mm-hmm. I think that's what came through with the story, you know, is how much that spoke to us. Now, one of the big things that people recommend that I think is a great idea, mm-hmm. go to one of these events, like a floating world, like a dark odyssey, mm-hmm. like a Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio Perversion Excursion, any of these other events. And you just, what people don't understand, I hear this all the time, can I go to this event and not participate? participate? Yes, absolutely. And after a couple of events, you'll complain. I go to an event and not participate, you know, if you, right. you, know, if you want to. But go walk around, see what people mm-hmm. are doing, you know, and say, ooh, I like that. Or, ooh, that holds nothing for me. Or, ooh, that's kind of nasty. I remember the very first event you and I went to, one of the very first things we saw was a guy jerking off on a woman's feet. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I remember that. <laughs> and although it was interesting to see, mm-hmm. it, you know, I could look at that and go, well, that's a guy jerking off on someone's feet. Mm-hmm. Didn't ter- do anything for me. Right. But then maybe we would see uh, a spanking scene or we would see something else and we'd say, oh, I'd like to try something like that. Exactly. So one of the ways you can find your kinky side, simply go to these events, see what other people are doing and see what it feels like. So, or if you don't know what kind of event you want to go to, I mean, because there's small parties too. There's sure. no spanking parties and things like that. And, and if you're still not sure, one of the other things we did to begin with was we shared our porn. Mm, you know, oh yeah. you had oh collected yeah. pictures. I had collected pictures. Um, I just went through my keepers folder last night mm-hmm. and found all kinds of pictures I forgot I had. So some of them kind of got wiped out. It's like, eh, this doesn't do it for me anymore. And other ones were like, oh, yeah, this still does it for me. This is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and part of that is also an appreciation for accepting the other person's kink mm-hmm. and not feeling um, like you need to be part of that kink, I think. Right. Like, for example, I have a lot of porn pictures now of double penetration scenes mm-hmm. not necessarily because i like double penetration scenes but that's one of your kinks right you know so being able to accept hey that's what my that's what my lover likes she likes mm-hmm. to see this kind of thing so, or participate in this kind of thing as case may be at some point in my life <laughs> <laughs> so it is still a fantasy so to have two live males mm-hmm. <laughs> doing it or yeah mm, strap on fits in there so two live beings okay <laughs> Another interesting aspect of finding your kinky side for myself yes. is 
and this is a tricky one, much trickier than people accept. Okay. Is let your mind, while you masturbate, let your mind wander. Mm -hmm. Let your mind run through stuff Mm -hmm. and see what it reacts to. Yes. You know, um, I'm a big, I kind of believe, I think that we already know what our kinky, our kinky side's already there. Mm -hmm. We just bury it because society tells us to bury it. Mm -hmm. So allowing yourself that free association sort of fantasy allows that stuff to come up. And I, I still do this to this day. Every once in a while, I'm fantasizing, I'm screwing around, you know, uh, I'll have a little boy-on-boy sex in my fantasy show up. Mm-hmm. And instead of going, ew, disgusting, and pushing it away, I just kind of sit with it and see if anything goes on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, for me, right now, at this right. point in my life, I say, you know, I'd rather have a vagina in this fantasy. And it's uh-huh. my fantasy, so excuse me, Tony. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Carla's coming in, or whatever. So, well, sometimes there is the Rolodex, you know, and sometimes you don't know what the Rolodex is. What is the Rolodex? Okay, the Rolodex is where I've got a few fantasies that are um, uh, tried and true fantasies. So, you know, if I'm self-pleasuring, mm-hmm. I do the tried and true fantasy. And sometimes that just doesn't work for me at the time. So right. I start flipping through the Rolodex. Okay, 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 so maybe it's this this time. Is that working? Nope, not working. Flip. Oh, I haven't thought about this before. Didn't even know it was in the Rolodex. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's working for me. So maybe I need to look at that. Maybe I don't. Maybe it's just a fantasy. Yep. So, but. You know, one other one that I want to mention um, is sometimes, and this is just the reality of the situation. I mean, I used to have fantasies about being with two women at once. Right. And as great it is, and I, I've been very fortunate, I've had the opportunity to do that, um, and other combinations as well. But I tell you, there's, there, sometimes the fantasy is better than the reality. You it know? is. And that's not a bad thing Mm-mm. or a good thing, but you know, when you're with multiple people and you're uh, trying to pleasure multiple people, there's some right. logistics some, uh, that you just have to that take away from the pleasure mm-hmm. a little bit, um, especially when if it's a committed uh, a, Rem, uh, a committed romantic rem- uh, relationship. Well, I'm getting all mealy mouth. Apparently, it's better than I thought it was. If it is a committed emotional relationship, then you know, making sure that everybody feels balanced and pleasured right. can be a little bit tricky. It, I can understand that. So, and you know, some of the things that I've gone out and done that have been fantasy, you know, didn't they were okay. I'm glad I explored them. Don't really regret them, but. Yeah, they were done, and they weren't like what I fantasized about, which we warn people about anyway. Right. Reality right. is not always going to match up to fantasy. So, but um, but yeah, I don't know that I'd give them another try. Mm-hmm. So, but we shall see. There's more things to try. I think really, the, for me, the, the key to finding your kinky side over everything else, a little bit of courage. Oh, yeah. Give yourself the permission to do it and have some courage and go out there and investigate and take a look around and and just, you know, be open-minded to seeing what your kinky side is. Mm -hmm. The biggest problem people have, I think, is that they try to protect themselves so that they don't feel too slutty or dirty or blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, well, some things, some kinks still have a little bit of stigma attached to them Mm -hmm. so you know everybody's into spanking or so it seems so my kink should be spanking because that's what everybody's doing and right you know instead listen to your body listen to your head and just realize that some things that people find kinky are just not going to float your boat yep so you know and i don't know that everybody has a kinky side Mm -hmm. i'd like to think they do 
but you know there might be something a little tweaky back there in the brain that's a little kinky but you know I don't know that it works for everybody yeah so well, well there you go there's there some advice go. on how to find your kinky side and hopefully you can get something good out of that or maybe helping your partner find their kinky side as well Mm-hmm. yep just be accepting and give it a look-see yep so what do we got coming up next week what do we have coming up next week? Uh, next week, we will be discussing oh, the yeah. history of, of BDSM. BDSM. Nice. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan. Erotic Awakening is proud to support the Leather Heart Foundation, a nonprofit organization created to provide charitable assistance to individuals of all sexual orientations in the leather, BDSM, and fetish community. You can donate or find out more at leatherheart.org. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. Sarah Sloan appears on Erotic Awakening courtesy of Love You Parties. Find out more about Love You Parties and Sarah Sloan at www.sarahsloan.net. Music heard on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com. <laughs>